But I believe moving forward in 2024, we're going to see people understand more and more about this AI thing. If you don't give attention to the AI, you are in a dangerous place because now companies that they will adopt AI, they will be able to move forward from business perspective in a much faster pace. And if you miss the train, it will be very hard to catch the next one because the next one, who knows when it's going to come. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to the first episode of 2024. Here on Status Go, we are entering our sixth year of bringing you outstanding tech leader content. Today, we are going international. Last fall, I had the honor of appearing on the CTO podcast with Mehmet. On this episode, Mehmet returns the favor. 2023 was an amazing year in tech. Uh, of, of course, the news was dominated by ChatGPT and the other generative AI platforms, but there was so much more. Uh, cloud adoption hit all-time highs. Uh, 5G rollouts were not quite ubiquitous yet, but we're closing in on that. Uh, and of course, the Internet of Things, everything is connected, absolutely everything. All of these things made impacts. And Met Met and I will talk about not only those trends and the, and the impact they had in 2023, but more importantly, looking ahead to 24. What do you as a tech leader need to be thinking about when it comes to those trends and maybe some additional ones that, that, that pop in our heads as we're talking today? With that, Mehmet, welcome to Status Go. Well, thank you very much, Jeff, for this opportunity. You know, And Happy New Year, by the way, to the audience. Uh, wish it will be a very successful 2024 for everyone. Um, and thank you for inviting me to your show. Uh, I was really excited to be on on your program uh, several months ago, uh, Met Met, and uh, you know, in preparation for that, I started listening to uh, some of your episodes, and I became a fan. So I, I listened to uh, uh, almost every one of your your episodes. I can't say I catch them all, but uh, it, for our listeners, it is a great great program, uh, and it's available on all the the major podcast uh, distribution channels. So. Check it out. It's the CTO show with Mehmet. Uh, so Mehmet, before we get into these trends, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background, because in addition to doing podcasting, you are doing a myriad of other things in the tech space. So tell us a little bit about your background and the things that you're up to these days. Sure. Thank you again, Jeff, for this introduction. And yeah, a little bit about myself. So podcasting, it was not my main thing until... The beginning of last year 2023 so i started in jan 2023 so now one year exactly in this podcasting uh, uh, adventure i would say myself i'm based in dubai outside of the united arab emirates i'm originally from turkey uh, shifted here back in 2005 so now almost 19 years and counting um being a techie guy all my career so since i was a kid like you know was fascinating first by electronics and then later on 
if someone is same as our generation, you know, the the age of internet when it started in the 90s and, you know, everyone started to have computer in, in his home or her home. And, you know, this is why I was fascinated. And, you know, I saw the future actually in technology. And actually, when I went to college, I started my studies as electrical engineering. And then after just two semesters, I figured out, no, I need to be in the computer space. So shifted to computer engineering because, you know, I was always fascinated by technology. I mean, IT, computers, you know, programming languages and so on. By any mean, I'm not a programmer. So I was always kind of the infrastructure slash networking security guy. So this is how I started my career during college. So I was living in, in a country called Lebanon. It also is in the Middle East. So where I started my own network management company. So I was just taking care of, you know, people's computers, network switches and so on. And then in 2005, when I shifted to United Arab Emirates, I worked for a university, started a little bit back, I would say, took a step back, start as a system analyst all the way to managing the infrastructure, including server storage, networking, and so on. And then I shifted gears very quickly, and I started to work with American tech companies, being their first solution consultant, their solution engineer, sales engineer, and then... You know, I took the role of a sales rep, actually. It was a nice experience because, you know, when you are a techie guy at the same time, you know, you do sales, it's, it becomes fun. So people cannot say, hey, he's a sales rep, right? So <laughs> he, he knows he knows what he's saying. Yeah. Yes. And uh, last year, you know, I, I decided to be on kind of an entrepreneurship journey. So the podcast was the first step. And then from there, I started to do many things. So it's kind of like, trying every single thing that I wish to do it before. Uh, some of that is still doing consultancy, um, mainly tech consultancy around all the things we just mentioned. I'm a fan, by the way, of following trends. And this is why, you know, Jeff, like we talked even on the show with me, AI and all this. So I was, yeah. you know, last year I experimented a lot of ideas using AI and currently, I'm consulting again for um, a, a tech company in the U.S. here in, in my region where we are trying to, um, you know, push their products and tell their stories to the local customers here. So this is in a nutshell more about me. I call myself the tech guy who knows how to sell. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. The tech guy who knows how to sell. Well, one of the things that, that strikes me, or at least my impression of Dubai is it's it's pretty high tech, yes. Right? Is, is that the is that a correct perception that the the tech scene in Dubai uh, is is kind of on fire? Right? People are really into technology and what it can do. Yeah. So so actually, you're very right, Jeff. And you know, one of the main reasons because I remember when I had my interview before actually moving um, to the country here. So they invited me for a couple of days to spend, you know, some time. And then, you know, I did my interview back in 2005. And, you know, at that time, I was fascinated because I saw, you know, that they built a city called the Internet City, where you have the building, you know, with the logos of Microsoft, HP, Canon, all these tech giants. And I said, oh, wow, like, you know, it's like kind of, I didn't visit the Silicon Valley by that time, by the way, but it's like you have a mini Silicon Valley in the city. And yeah. actually, you know, the, the country in, in general and the, 
Dubai specifically as one of the um, you know major emirates in in the country. So they were really forward thinking and they saw that the future is with technology. So they were the first ones to launch you know e-government services. They were the first one to offer like any type of um, you know every single service need to be digitized. So digitization started very early. Now what started to happen actually specifically in the past, I would say, mainly 10 years, we started to see even local tech startups starting from here. So I know like your your audience are, are in the US mainly. So yes. but to just, just to give some context. So some of the successful business models in tech that were very successful in the US. So some people here, they started to see this as a success and they said, hey, wait, wait a second. We have the infrastructure. We have everything ready. I mean, from you know, legal perspective, economical perspective, there's stability as well. Why we don't start by imitating these business models back here? And the first one actually were in the e-commerce space with a company called Sook.com, which actually Amazon, they came back and they bought them. So they acquired this company and now it's Amazon UAE. It's actually part of, um, it was actually the legacy of Sook.com. And another success story was a company called Karim, which is basically in the raid hailing um, business. And basically Uber, they came and they became the first unicorn to be become like first billion dollar company. And then they were acquired by by Uber in the States. So, so basically, you know, this was like, a, I would say the ignite to something bigger. And what happened yeah. during the past 10 years, when these two companies succeeded, we started to see a lot of development and more entrepreneurs start to come out and of course, you know, like everyone wanted to contribute, whether like big enterprises, governments and so on. Now, you know, I can I cover in my newsletter part of the CTO show podcast um, at the end of each week. I like to just, you know, document the number of startups that they are getting funded. Yeah. If you ask me the question five years back, like we barely heard about any big acquisitions, any big, uh, you know, like money raising uh, series or something like this now it's the norm and what started to happen because you know the infrastructure everything is new in the city here in dubai mainly so the rest of the region the rest of the countries surrounding you know here they started to implement the same thing because everyone started to figure out hey actually this is will be the future because you know these countries traditionally they were living on oil right so so it's oil and you know the oil products so when they start to see how the technology can actually become revenue generating, so we start to see a lot of investment in this space. Yeah. And now the tech scene is very booming. Now, just finally on, on that is also the behavior of people who work in tech also change because back in the days, I remember if, for example, I bring a new technology and tell someone about it, right? So they say, um, you know what? okay, it's a cool technology. I'm not a first adopter. I'm not an early adopter. So what started to become with with time is these same folks, they start to see, oh, no, actually we are trying to get every single new technology here to the region. So they became more approachable when positioning to them new technologies. This is why, and I think maybe we'll talk about trends later on, but, you know, whether it's IoT, 5G, the thing that you were chatting about before we start. So all these technology actually became the first ones to implement them here. And it's booming because, again, you know, 
all the entrepreneurs they start to see kind of a gold rush, I would say. So it's like mm-hmm. it's not it's not a replacement to any tech spot in the world, but this is the new spot where there are a lot of opportunities. And that's uh, that that's incredible. And one of the things that that I found fascinating as as you and I were exchanging some emails to prep uh, for today's conversation is uh, uh, I sent you a list of, of tech trends and, and was uh, not sure if they were the same trends that, that you observed from, from uh, Dubai. And uh, you confirmed that they're, that they're kind of, uh, they're kind of worldwide trends. Absolutely. Uh, right. Absolutely. Uh, so they uh, had a group of, uh, of chief information officers that met um, last week uh, for breakfast. And these were the trends that we talked about. Cloud and infrastructure, 5G, Internet of Things. Of course, you cannot have a technology conversation without talking about cyber risk, uh, artificial intelligence, and then talent attraction and development. And, and I'd kind of like to start with that last one, with this uh, with this explosion of tech that you're describing there in Dubai and throughout uh, UAE, what's that done to the talent pool? Uh, is it is it easy to find talent? Is it hard to find talent? What are, what are you seeing in twenty three uh, that will carry over into twenty four? Yeah, so uh, honestly speaking, like uh, finding talent is a hard task. We know this. It's it's uh, this is why I told you all the topics you mentioned, Jeff. They are kind of a global ones. Now, the thing that we started to see is that there was some ease from the government to allow these talents to come to the country, kind of a short visit visa to find jobs. So mm-hmm. this, this at least, you know, because back in the days, the company, if they wanted to hire someone, let's say, in any of these fields that we talked about, really someone who does the job well, they used to be living in the hot areas, whether in the U.S., you know, yep. and mainly you, at some stage, you know, the country used to attract a lot of people from Europe and from Southeast Asia. So actually what changed the landscape, honestly, is the pandemic. So with the pandemic, what started to happen, the country kind of we stayed open. We didn't close much. So we didn't have these long uh, lockdowns. So it was just like a couple of weeks of real lockdown and then things started to ease. And mm-hmm. actually, you know, people, they say, hey, okay. If I can live here, I mean, on, on a freelance visa, they call it, right, and try to find jobs. So this is added, you know, kind of uh, attraction to the pool over here. Now, but there are some, to be honest with you, maybe this is easy across some sectors, not across the others. What I mean by this, for example, I still hear from people that they are finding difficulties, and I think this is even on my show, we discussed several times in finding great, for example, talents in cybersecurity, for example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, AI machine learning is the new thing. Right. So people are still trying even to figure out what it is, what kind of talents we want. So this is this is kind of a gray area. But in the rest of the things, yeah, we are we have like a great pool of uh, of talents, I would say, over here in the country and, you know, in the region in general. And what they are trying to do actually through the ease of regulations and legalizations of all this to attract more of these talents to be available uh, for, for, for everyone to hire from. But of course, 
you know, one of the things also as well, and to be honest with you, like it's kind of a attractive market because the pay scale here is good. Of course, the mm-hmm. lifestyle is high as well. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. but but it's, it's, they pay good salaries. So this is why, you know, they try to attract the best of the best. But in some areas, as I said, cybersecurity, AI, it's still the new thing and the challenge at the same time. Yeah, the, the universities uh, in alternative schools just can't crank out people overnight, right? It, it, does, it does take time. One of the things that we saw with talent um, during, the, during the pandemic, and it has kind of carried over, uh, and that is, so I, I live in Indiana, which is Midwest, so we're right, right. kind of in the middle of the, of the country uh, here. And what started to happen with the, the pandemic is everybody went home, everybody can work remotely. Right. Uh, so the the companies in Silicon Valley and the companies on uh, on the East Coast started coming in and offering much higher wages to those here. And you can live, you can still live in Indiana. You don't even have to move. Um, so does uh, can can people work remotely in Dubai, or do they have to physically move and come in on a on a visa? Uh, so very very good question, actually, and. Um... So part of the attractiveness they wanted to create, they said, you don't have to work for a local company. You can come have a kind of a residence as a remote worker for a company that it's not here. Now, Ah. on the local scale, of course, the pandemic changed a lot of things. So majority of the companies today, they have applied the hybrid model, um, and, you know, what, what started in, during the pandemic due to the restrictions, because as I said, although we opened back very early, but still there was like, you know, these measures and you don't have to have more than 50% of the staff in the office and so on. And they figured out, hey, guess what? Like, we don't really need all these people in the office all the time, especially the ones who are in the back end functions, like mainly IT, as you know. Yep. Um, the HR people, the finance people, and so on. So anything which is not like customer-facing functionality, so you can have them work from home. And today, like some of the banks, for example, I think majority of of them, they allow on Fridays or maybe sometimes Thursdays for part of the staff to work from home. So this becomes a norm. The other thing we started to see regarding this is they also figured out one thing very important is, hey, guess what? Actually, let's try this, you know, four days work week model as well. And now you see that there are more flexibility and they figured out, okay, we don't really need the people to be working five days a week. We don't need them to come to the office. But some people by nature, they love to go to the office because, you know, they maybe they are, uh, you know, living in a small apartment they have kids at home. So when you do the Zoom call, you have the noise coming from the dog, from the cat, yeah. <laughs> and so on. So, but nevertheless, I mean, the flexibility is there. And work from home, whether you are full employed or whether you are a freelancer working for a local company or even you are a remote worker for another company. So they give you all these flexibility, which is, again, back to the talent thing it attracted yeah. a lot of people, especially, you know, also like this trend that started in, in in part of Southeast Asia and in Europe, the nomad life, you know, and all this. Yes. So we start to see like more of these nomads coming to the country. They enjoy the lifestyle, the sun. We have like 
it's it's a hot weather majority of time of the year. So oh. people they sit on the beach with their laptop and they, you see them working. So this became yeah. kind of a norm now. That 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 sounds excellent right now. Right now uh, where where I'm sitting, it's uh, 19 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's oh. pretty pretty chilly outside. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so another trend that I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, we've got to talk about AI, generative AI. Uh, what are some of the impacts that you saw Gen AI have in 2023? Okay, that's again a very good question. So my answer might not uh, be appealing to a lot of people. I know this. So AI came so fast, in my opinion, when ChatGPT, I mean, AI, so just to clarify things, AI is not a new thing, but what right. made it float to the surface is ChatGPT when they released at the end of November 2022. Now, yes. so what happened at the beginning is people were living a shock and they were not you know, sure what is this thing. And, yeah. and if you remember, like, I think it was end of Q1, beginning of second quarter of 2023, when the tech giants like Microsoft, Google, and the other, they started to say, hey, we're going to have Copilot, we're going to have this in our products. And people started to think, oh, like we really need to look at this. Yeah. The funny thing that happened is people thought that AI is just, you know, the chat box that you write something into it and then you get some answers. So... The idea of AI and what AI can do, it kept, in my opinion, a little bit limited to what generative AI is actually came for at the beginning is just to copywriting and such things. By the end of the year, I started to see people understand more, but I think still there's work to be done there uh, about, you know, the generative AI and its use. In my opinion, and I'm talking again, and some of my guests, they said the U.S. is the same. But I mean, at least in what I've seen in, in my region, in my area, people still didn't understand completely the power of AI and what it can do. Because sometimes, you know, when I was telling, hey, it's AI, but look, you can automate things. You can plug it yeah. into the API and automate things with it. Or, for example, with with the latest uh, announcement that came in December, beginning of December or end of November, uh, by OpenAI with the new set of tools that they have come up with, like the vision, you know, and all these things, and, you know, the Whisper API. So people still are trying to digest, you know, what AI can do. But I believe moving forward in 2024, we're going to see people understand more and more about this AI thing. Because yeah. don't forget, Jeff, like what happened is people, they were scared at the beginning. There was a lot of talks, hey, people are going to lose jobs. Um, but no one, actually, one of my guests said, said it very perfectly. He said, they told people you're going to lose jobs, but they didn't tell them that there will be a bunch new set of jobs, actually. Right, this is, right. this is my my guest, uh, Kai Peterson, who, who mentioned this on one of, of the podcasts. And I agreed with him. I said, yeah, because, you know, they just scared people of AI and people were shocked. Okay, what is this AI thing? But yeah. moving forward in 2024, I'm very bullish, actually, on adoption of AI across the enterprise and even for small, medium businesses, because I think even in our episode, we mentioned this, Jeff, last fall, if you don't give attention to the AI, 
you are in a dangerous place because yes. now companies that they will adopt AI, they will be able to move forward from business perspective in a much faster pace. And yeah. if you miss the train, it will be very hard to catch the next one because the next one, who knows when it's going to come. Yeah. Well, and I think the the one of the things that is holding people back perhaps is that it is changing so fast. Uh, you mentioned the new tools that uh, OpenAI uh, released at the end of November. Um, you know, it, we're just a year removed from ChatGPT uh, being released and now all these other new tools. Is there a tool that you see um, uh, from your from your perspective that is going to gain um uh, popularity with the enterprise, with the masses, it's not specifically Gen AI, but a use case for Gen AI. Yeah, that's a very good question. So, and I was lucky enough to 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 talk to founders uh, last year, and what we are seeing, of course, people again AI, they think ChatGPT and OpenAI only. Yeah, but yeah. What, what I'm starting to see is that more companies now. I mean, in the startup because I focus a lot on startups, as you know, Jeff. So they are building their own large language models, right? And they are trying to go more specific on some use cases, right? So for example, they go and they develop themselves a large language model for healthcare, or they develop a large language model for financial services, or they have another one I had one of my guests, for example, they are into the supply chain, right? And they they build these models based on the customer data. So because security is key here and privacy and all these things. Yeah. And enterprises, they started to understand the idea that having a large language model and interacting with this large language model, it, it's, you know, it's like this next moment similar to what, you know, I would say when we had the data analytics first came out, you know, yeah. you have this tool that can clean your data. It can show it to you in a very nice way and present it to you in something that everyone can understand. And now with large language models and AI tools and machine learning, they took this more a step forward, whereas like even the normal user can interact with these models, which add yeah. a lot of value to the companies. And I think in 2024, we're going to see a more focus on that area. We're going to see a lot of startups focusing on this area because, you know, it's it's not because it's the hot topic, because people started to see, I mean, decision makers. The power. Yeah, yeah, they started to see that it's not just like the toy that I write a text and then it generates for me a story or paragraph. That will stay, right, of yeah. course. But we are solving real business problems. And, you know, coming from a consultant background, Jeff, so always I tell people, let's see if this solution or this technology can either increase our revenue, it can reduce the time we do things with, it can increase the productivity of our employees, or it can reduce some risks. So based on that, definitely... Machine learning, AI, large language models, they come into this category. Well, and, and I think, as, as you said, these large language models, I think the, the power that will be unleashed is training it on your own data or industry-specific data, right? Where it's not this general use, uh, let's call it chat GPT, uh, but it's specific to your organization 
Um, I think that that will uh, change the way businesses look at the data that they have in their organization. True. Well, we, we have time for, for one more trend. So I'm going to let you pick uh, a trend. The, the ones we have left from the list I sent you were cloud, uh, 5G, Internet of Things, and cyber risk. So which one of those do you want to talk about, Mehmet? <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, very quickly, cybersecurity, you know, I just can't do it in one phrase. Of course, cybersecurity trends, you know, the attacks will, will increase due to the AI coming into the picture. So this is what I would say. Keep keep your data safe. Keep your data, uh, you know, well well preserved, I would say. Now, when it comes, if we want to, to cover, I can cover if you want the, the cloud and infrastructure, right? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so, so cloud and infrastructure, we started to see... Like it's it's an interesting cycle actually, because I can talk on a local level here in in my region. So the adoption was slow, you know, previously. Now, but mm-hmm. what the hyperscalers, without mentioning the names, actually I, we can. <laughs> so all yes. of the all the hyperscalers, Amazon, Microsoft, and Google. So they have mm-hmm. invested in local data centers across multiple countries within the Middle East. So here in the UAE, we have three data centers for AWS, two data centers for Microsoft, which is big. Same in the neighboring countries also as well. Now, in addition to that, what we started to see, people now, they understand, in my opinion, that the cloud adoption is not about saving cost because I think there was this, and I follow some of the trends even in the US. And now there is this debate, hey, we shifted to the cloud, but the bills increased <laughs> instead of yeah, increasing. Yeah, yeah. Now, in my opinion, unfortunately, this is due to the false promises. I'm not blaming the hyperscalers. Some people, they said, you're going to shut the data center. You don't have to pay this, that, and so on. But actually, the point that they have missed, and people didn't get it, is the agility of the yes. cloud. Now, I think there will be some correction in this direction. I believe that the hyperscalers due also to the high uh, competition that is there. They might need to reduce their prices and their margins also a little bit. Mm-hmm. But of course, the cloud is, in my opinion, here to stay for a reason, because the agility that the cloud can provide today to businesses especially if you have, I would say, a mandate to develop your own software internally, you're going to need the cloud. Now, if you have shifted to the cloud as a shift and lift, as we say, you know what? You you shouldn't really maybe go to the cloud. If you just have a couple of servers and, you know, you use the same architecture in the cloud, probably you are not seeing any benefit, right? right? So, but on that point, Cloud is here to stay. And now, there, there are some debates here and there I started to see is regarding, again, the pricing model, the data, uh, you know, how, how we can make sure that the data which is in the cloud, if we decide one day, we might need to go back to on-prem or maybe for any, because some in some part of the world, there's this instability, you know, and so right. on. So, okay, if, if one of these SaaS providers decides to cut the line off and stop the access from my country, let's say, how I can access my data. So these are, 
you know, debatable topics, but for sure it's not in any mean slowing down the cloud adoption because adoption. The, yeah. the, I would say the, the benefits are very clear, especially if you are into DevOps, if you are in like uh, in-house development and so on. So this is very quickly on, on the one on, on the cloud. 5G, I can tell you it's already deployed here, uh, Jeff, like all the telcos, we have it. So my phone has a 5G since two years, honestly. But, you know, it will help, of course, in, in getting the IoT more adapted. Yeah. It will help to, to get more, I would say, applications uh, regarding this. So these are my, quickly, if I want to do a quick like, turn yeah, on. Quick on, hits, I love that. I, I, I love that. And I, and, I, I, and I agree with you on the on your perspective on the cloud that the, you can you can save money on the cloud maybe, but it's really more about the agility uh, and the elasticity, the ability to scale up and scale down uh, as the demands of your industry uh, hit. So, um, and and here in the U.S., we're we're still in the midst of our five G rollout. Uh, my my phone's had five G on it for uh, a while, but not really. It's kind of fake 5G, uh, at least <laughs> no, right here now. No, here it's real. Here it's real. Like yeah. when, I, when I do the the speed test, it gives me what 5G should should give. That That is awesome. And, and, it, and that does, that, that, that ultra connectivity that it brings uh, is really going to change the way we, we work and live. Well, Met, Met we're, re- we're reaching the end of our half hour. Uh, and as I warned you, um, we are all about action here on Status Quo. I'd love to leave our listeners with a very specific call to action, something that they should go out and do tomorrow because they listened to our conversation today. So putting you on the spot, what are one or two actions our listeners should go do? Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Uh, so first one, don't listen to the noise out when it comes to new technology, especially in the AI thing, go and try it. You will not lose anything. Ignore the voices that will say, hey, you you will lose your job. You would not. I believe you should go and embrace this new technology. And I'm mentioning AI because as we mentioned, it's the hot thing here. So don't be scared to test it. If you are a decision maker and listening to us today, highly I advise you start a program to educate everyone in your company about AI and explain to them what AI and what it can do. So this is something I see very, very necessarily today because we need to move, you know, the unknown, you know, things in in the head of people, right? So some people, what is this AI thing? So we need to be all of us on the same page. You don't need to go deep technical maybe, but explain it on a high level. So even if someone with not technical background can go and, understand what this AI is capable to. My second call to action would be, I would love you to come and visit the CTO show and have a listen. As Jeff mentioned, so end of, I mean, two weeks back uh, in, in 2023 in December, I was doing daily, so I figured out that it's too much for the listeners to keep up. So, but it's now we are doing twice a week or maybe maximum three, it depends on, on how much backlogs we have. So highly I advise you to go and even go to previous episodes. I'm sure that you will find a lot of uh, informative, uh, uh, you know, episodes for you over there. And finally, Jeff, I really thank you very much for inviting me on your show. I enjoyed really the conversation with you. 
Well, I, as I said, I really enjoyed being on your show and I will echo uh, that call to action. Uh, the, the CTO podcast and the, and the back episodes is a wealth of information on the tech space. Uh, MetMet does a wonderful job in, uh, in working with his guests uh, and bringing the best and the brightest to his show. Uh, and so I encourage you to to check it out. Uh, I added it to my playlist um, when when I discovered it, uh, and uh, I try to catch all the shows. So Mehmet, thank you for carving out time. Uh, I really appreciate it. I know the time zones can be a little tricky to, to, That's fine. to figure out. It's fine. But uh, absolutely enjoyed when I when I look back on 2023. Uh, one of the things that I count at the top of my list quite candidly and honestly and sincerely is having the ability to meet you uh, through podcasting. We were able to meet uh, and had a great conversation for your show. And uh, I follow you and I follow your newsletter and I, I love reading the newsletter every week. So appreciate that. I feel like I'm more up to date on tech because I, I met you. So I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jeff. This is really, um, you know, it's a honor to hear that from you. And again, what I'm trying to do finally, you know, it's not only about tech, so it's also to empower uh, people who are considering tech as their career path right. or even like founders, early, early stage startup founders to go because you will find in the show not only tech-specific topics, so sometimes you will see even something related to marketing, to sales, but it's all somehow I try to relate it to tech. So again, thank you very much, Jeff, for all the kind words and for inviting me today here. Uh, it is my pleasure. Hey, to our listeners, if you want to learn more, if you have a question, want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and we'll be sure and, and link to the CTO podcast there uh, as well as uh, uh, MetMet's LinkedIn profile so you can Please. connect with him if you'd like to. This is Jeff Tun for MetMet Ganulu. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InterVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.